So I think these are two, two things I find very important, personally. I think uh, ego is something that uh, we shouldn't necessarily bring to the table because it is a lot of the job is supporting the team, right? So um, this is why I'm, I said at the beginning, it might sound, oh, a producer, right? Like in, 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 in um, film or in music, that might be different, right? But we support the team a lot, so because we're reliant on the, on the team and, and their amazing creativity and skill sets. In this episode of the FICA Sessions, we meet associate producer Lisa Kretschmer to find out all we can about project and people management for video games. Good to be here. Hi. You, uh, we need to talk about this straight away because you, people have brought all <laughs> kinds of fika, uh, homemade, bought, all kinds of shapes and sizes. But these are probably the most beautiful. Oh, that's great. I've um, ever seen. I can't bake, so I definitely did not make them myself. I uh, ordered them online. They are locally made in Malmo by a lovely lady, um, and I hope I say this right, uh, Flores de Vanilla. I'm sure that I'm sure that's correct. I hope so. I trust you. You can keep one. the card. <laughs> you can keep the card. Um, so she These makes them herself, are... and they look pretty, pretty good. If you're on a podcast right now, you just go to the YouTube channel to check them out. Exactly. They, they need to be experienced. Yes, uh, she has different flavors. I hope I chose a good one for you. You will find I'm out sure, later. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> you eat with your eyes and all that exactly. stuff as well. So. <laughs> But you work here at Massive Entertainment mm -hmm. as an associate producer. Yes, that's correct. And it's kind of one of those things. I think it's clearer these days, but there was a time when you didn't really know what a producer mm -hmm. did. Like, obviously, they were very important to like film projects and games, mm -hmm. but you did, like, what does a producer actually do? So, generally, the first question we ask is like, on the top level, mm -hmm. what is an associate producer here at Massive? Um... I don't know how to describe that in one sentence, but... Uh, you have many sentences. Great. Um, so I think the first thing which is important is to say that uh, a producer in video games is not necessarily what a producer does in film or in music, right? right. So I think that that's very different. Um, I think the easiest way, or what I used to say uh, was that uh, like producers or project managers or whatever, we can talk about the terminology here in a moment, uh, that, that we enable our team to do the best work possible. Right. Right, but that's quite cryptic, so what does it mean? <laughs> so I think it has uh, to do a lot with project management and people management. Um, in, in my case here, and I think this is also different to any company, and also then even within Massive, it's, it's different. So what I'm doing, it's basically in a nutshell, is project management and people management. Um, so basically work with, with time, quality, and budget. So we're trying to ensure and, and move the, the, the whole project and the team along to hit that, to hit certain milestones, to quality, to budget, etc. Yeah. So um, I think that's the quickest summary, but I'm pretty sure we want to go into detail. We're going to dig into those details yes. later on. Great. But first, how did you end up at Massive Entertainment? Um, so I um, studied uh, animation and game uh, in Germany, because originally I'm German, if my accent hasn't given it away yet. <laughs> um, so I studied in Germany, um, and during my studies um, I saw so many amazingly talented people, actually some of them even work, you know. So, and they were so talented, and I thought, oh my god, I would take years to get there, right? Uh, but I saw also a lot of people failing the deadlines, which I thought, eh, that's the easy part, right? I mean, schedule your time, break it down, do it, you know? The easy um, part. 
<laughs> well, at least it came easy to me. So um, I decided, okay, you know what, I, I focus a bit more on the management part of this. Yeah. And so I basically shifted my classes around, did the masters, etc. And that um, came completely natural to you? More natural than programming, for example. I had a couple of semesters, my professor almost gave up on me, you know, I, I made it, barely, but <laughs> I made it. Um, but definitely that was something, you know, that was more in my nature. Um, so yeah, and then after studying, after I did my masters, I went uh, to another um, company in Frankfurt that's called Crytek. So working in the games industry, you probably have heard about them. Um, and from there, um, after spending, I think, three and a half years there, um, I joined Electronic Arts in the UK. So I was there for almost three years or, no, a bit over two and a half maybe, uh, and then I came here. Right. Yeah. So you talked about, like, or, or there's so many details, uh, <laughs> but let's just start with kind of one of the vaguer terms, I guess, mm -hmm. is the enabling part. Yes. And like, what does that mean, an enabling your team mm -hmm. uh, to do the best they can? Good question. Um, I think, or again, up for everybody's definition, but the way I see it, we are kind of, you know, servant leaders. So we're helping our team, supporting them, right? So that that means that it's not necessarily me driving all the decisions, right? But I get the right people into the room, making the decisions and, and making informed calls on certain things, right? right. So we have um, a lot of experts in, in design and uh, programming and animation or speaking of my team, you know, which is the gameplay team uh, There we have programming and that could be you know AI programming, 3C programming, gameplay programming for systems, for features. We have animators, designers, um, UI, UX. We have, we have a lot uh, combined in that team. Um, and for that, basically, we have our experts. So I trust them because I'm, I'm neither a designer or a coder, right, or an animator. So I have to have uh, uh, them on the team. They're the ones, you know, making this a great product. So I'm right. helping them to achieve the timelines, you know, to stick to deadlines. I help them to break down the work, right, to, to connect them to the right people in other, uh, in other teams, for example, right. right? So basically trying to remove the roadblocks for them or trying to resolve conflicts or issues or clarify questions um, and all this, you know, by also reminding them of certain things like deadlines. We're going to get come back to those deadlines Good. and how this is structured. <laughs> uh, but once we move on before that, just how do you structure this from the beginning? Like, how do you structure a project uh, mm -hmm. of this size? Um, I mean, I couldn't do it alone. So um, we have some more production staff on my team. Uh, and again, this is different to, for example, on my project, uh, the other the other team, the content team, for example, has it structured a bit different. So the way we are set it up, um, basically we have the, the gameplay team. If this is the gameplay team, <laughs> you know, there's me on production side and I have several project coordinators and they work with me to run the teams basically. So they're really like, knee deep down in the day-to-day -day working on with the with the team sprint planning tasks etc so basically um, they have the most knowledge about a certain topic right. right and then they basically funnel it up to me and then we work it this way um, while for example other teams have let's say one uh, a social producer or one project coordinator for one team and then the next team and the next team, et cetera, right? So we have broken this up a little bit. So everybody has a bit more responsibility and a, a couple more teams to look after. So not only, let's say, a discipline or a domain. So they look after several features. They look after, um, you know, coders, designers, animators, et cetera, combined in uh, what we call task forces. Right. But how do you, just to, maybe this is jumping a 
bit over to practical science, mm -hmm. but all of this you're saying is just this bombardment of things. Yeah, sorry. That are, no, 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 <laughs> it's not in a, in a bad way. It's just you're describing what all the stuff that mm -hmm. you do, you together with the project coordinators and then all your teams. Like, how do you keep track of all this? Uh, I mean, A, everybody has their own system, but mainly we use uh, like Jira, for example, right, which is a uh, uh, bug tracking or task tracking software. But I think everybody has their own little ways of tracking things. I know a couple of our teams that look um, for some online to-do lists, etc. I always run around with a notebook, right? I have my system, so every morning, that's the first thing I do actually when I come in, after grabbing a glass of water, I sit down and I look, okay, what are the meetings I have? What are the important things I need to take care of? What are the things I didn't do yesterday? Right. And what's everything else? And that's basically how it's listed. Uh, and then it gets chronologically checked off. Um, you mentioned before, uh, as well, let's dig into those two different things, project management, mm -hmm. first of all. Yeah. So how does that work? What kind of project management do you do? What kind of project management do I do? Huh. Uh, I mean, we, we talked or I mentioned earlier, uh, servant leadership is a concept, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that emerged, I don't know, somewhere in the mid, late 90s, at least, or I think the term was coined. Um, which is a lot about, you know, listening to your team, seeing what's needed, making sure they get the help they needed, making sure um, any kind of frustrations are, are like, I don't know, removed, etc. right? There's, there's lots, there's, I think there's 10 checks that you can actually look up. So if people are interested, look up servant leadership, it's quite interesting to read. Um, but we also follow certain methodologies, right? Mm -hmm. um, a loose scrum principle, this is, what, this is how we plan our sprints, for example, right? So we, we follow a scrum principle, a loose scrum principle. And that means? That means uh, sp a sprint, basically. Yeah. What is a sprint? Um, so a sprint is, um, it could be historically, or no, historically is the wrong word. I would say um, usually it's between two and four weeks, um, depending on the project and the project needs. It's like um, in intervals where you basically plan your work. So we have, uh, what we're currently doing is we have uh, three sprints. Each of them is two weeks long, and then we have a PB milestone, basically. So, so basically, from milestone to milestone, you, you break down your sprints into like little increments where you can basically iterate on the work. And then after these two weeks, you see how far you got. You know what has made it, what hasn't made it. Do we have to make a, like a course correction, or can we move on, etc.? And then you basically break down your uh, work this way. Right. So, how do you plan for an individual sprint? Like, mm -hmm. okay, this is going to take two weeks. How do you know mm -hmm. that you'll be? at least finished enough after two weeks? Like how do you plan for those things? Um, I mean, it definitely comes with some experience, but also comes with uh, the features design, right? And to work with your team to understand, okay, what is the dependency? When are you ready with your work? When can I take it over? How long does it take you? What is required of me? So you might, uh, for example, as a coder, I might talk to a designer, what is actually required? What do we actually need, yeah. right? What do we want to achieve? Then maybe the coder has a better idea on how to do this, right? And then you have a conversation about it. Um, of course, if you um, ship a couple of projects, it's easier to have like, uh, all right, you know, this takes me five days. It's okay, I can do this. Yeah, While at the beginning, it often maybe be like a finger in the air and you know, like a like a rough guesstimate. But um, we get better at this every time, right? And can also add buffers to it or reduce our capacity to get there. Um, and then, ideally, uh, outside of Corona, you'd be all in one room, right, with a big, uh, big board and move your posters and your tasks around and plan uh, the, the, the two weeks out. Mm. Uh, at the moment, this is not possible. So a lot of this is happening digitally. Yeah. So the, the, another word that just picked up that, that mm -hmm. you hear a lot, scrum. Mm -hmm. What does scrum mean? 
I refer to this one, to this lovely book down here. It's called Agile Game Development with Scrum. We'll uh, show that off later. Yes. You, yeah, you, we haven't mentioned this, so we'll get to it at the end. But yeah, a, I brought some these, books for you. These exactly. are not props. These are not just setting. These are actually stuff we'll get <laughs> and show off uh, towards the end that Lisa brought. Uh, it's an agile game development methodology. Um, for example, something that you might have heard more often, which is not agile, it's a waterfall fall process, right? Where you basically start here and go chronologically down here, right? Yeah. Less change, you kind of know what's happening. While uh, agile means, you know, you kind of iterate, you, you reassess, is this what we want? Do we, have a, do we have to change something, right? Is there an easier way to get there, et cetera? And then you kind of plan ahead to reach your end goal. Right. Might mean some change in, in, in between, right? But uh, yeah, software development and game development is, is, is an agile environment. Yep. The other, we talked about project management now, mm -hmm. the other side of that that you also mentioned, people management. Yes. Yes, what does that entail? Big part um, of, of the job uh, as an associate producer um, our project coordinators, for example, um, who become associate producers, don't always have reporting functions. So um, as associate producer, which is a massive, considered a senior position, you are basically a lead. So that means uh, you have some direct reports. And with those, you work on their development, you help them with hiring for their team, you help them um, any kind of, you know, issues, little little friction between their teams, or maybe there's there's some, some health issues, etc. So you help with, with anything that's considered uh, uh, people management, yeah. you know. Um, I think that's actually one of my favorite parts of the job, right? Because I, I like working with people. It's uh, a lot of variety, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of different challenges every day. Um, I think uh, working from home with Corona made this a completely different beast you know, but um, yeah, for me personally, one of my favorite parts of it. And I think there's a lot to learn every day, right? Yeah. So, so we keep growing in this, um, but we have a lot of talented people and talented people managers here. So, Yeah, it sounds like a very like social job, a very, very interactive job at all times. Basically. Yeah, yeah, I think you can't be too shy if you want to be uh, in production because you have to talk to a lot of people, yeah, right? Of um, I think you have to, yeah, connect a lot of people, right? So you have to reach out a lot. You have to run a lot of meetings. Means you have to speak in front of people as well. Um, and depending on what what part of the job you take, that might at some point mean you have to speak in front of all of them, right? Yeah. Or in front of the whole company. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely something to consider when when looking into this job. Yeah, because mm -hmm. this sure sounds like a pure leadership kind of role. In many ways. In many ways, yeah. yeah, potentially, yeah. What do you think makes a good leader? Mm. I know you were looking forward to this very open question, <laughs> but what makes a, what makes a good leader? Uh, what makes a good leader? Uh, that's a good question. I think there's a lot um, that, that, that makes a good leader. I think for me personally, I think empathy is, is playing a bit, bit big role in that. A bit role. A big role <laughs> in that. Uh, so it's uh, empathy, listening skills. Um, really listening, right? So different forms of listening. So we have to really listen and watch and see how the person is doing, you know, read, read the room, um, read yourself, understand, you know, like how, what, what triggers you to understand also a bit what maybe triggers the other people um, to help resolve conflict and, and find compromise as well. Right. Uh, so I think these are two, two things I find very important personally. I think uh, ego is something that 
we shouldn't necessarily bring to the table because it is a lot of the job is supporting the team, right? Yeah. So um, this is why I'm, I said at the beginning, it might sound, oh, a producer, right? Like in, 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 in um, film or in music, that might be different, right? But we support the team a lot. So because we're reliant on the, on the team and, and their amazing creativity and skill sets. So we help them. And so our craft is, you know, like, like delivering to, to a certain deadline, to a certain quality. So I think uh, this is why we have to, yeah, be patient as well, yeah. right? Understand ourselves, leave our ego at home. You've touched upon it a bit now, though, but mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about like what kind of skills you feel mm -hmm. like a person in your position and the kind of leadership roles and the mm -hmm. producing and enabling role uh, needs. Yes. Um, I would say for me personally, I think follow up skills are very important, right? So when the team said we need something, you know, make sure they follow up on this. Um, that builds trust, you know, make sure that you don't have to remind people as often. So you, you want to make sure that the team doesn't have to remind you as often either, right? right? Okay. You want to be reliable. I think due diligence is a big part because we work a lot with numbers, right? Maybe scope, but it can also be budget as in money, right? Yeah. So I think we have to be very due diligent when it comes to these things um, because also people's time is money in the end, right? So that, that's another big part of the job. So we have to be very due diligent when it comes to these things. So we have to follow up, be due diligent, um, be patient. <laughs> can you, but um, can you learn these skills? Basically, a lot of it sounds. Uh, we again, we talk about the social mm -hmm. part and the people management mm -hmm. part and all that stuff. Um, a lot of that sounds like it comes in your personality as well. You were talking how mm -hmm. you moved over to you wanted to kind of explore these management things because people kept mm -hmm. missing deadlines. Um, but can you develop them from the ground up? Like sitting at home, I don't really have. These skills. I'm not very good at time management. Sorry. <laughs> how can I learn these things? Like, how can I develop? Yeah, them? I think um, to be honest, like like running a sprint and these kind of things, everybody can learn, right? Because right. that that's a little, little. I don't know. It's not even a little. It's a rule set, right? But you can learn that. You can follow that, and and that can be taught quite easily, right? How how Jira works. How you know set up meetings and how you, you know, sending out an agenda and these, these little things can be easily learned, right? So if, if this is something that you're willing and interested in, that's the first step. Um, if you're not too shy and if you're willing to, to develop your, yourself, then that's the next good step. Um, I think what's also very important is whatever I'm saying is my opinion. So there are a lot of other project managers. And I think what personally, when I see our project coordinators, they have very different skill sets and very different personalities. Which, of course, you know, maybe doesn't always 100% gel, but actually it's brilliant, you know, when you, when you see them work together and then, you know, these, these little communications and back and forth grow us as a group, right? And grows us stronger and you have all these different flavors, basically, yeah. that, that are um, complementary and basically, um, therefore, a benefit for the group. So this is why I think uh, there's so many other strengths, you know, and if your strength is math and Excel and these kind of things, right? Brilliant, right? Because I'm not... The, the best, biggest mathematician or anything, right? So um, I also rely on others, you know, to dig into the special Excel formulas. Um, definitely you have to have a basic of Excel. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's... These things you have to bring, but you know, there, there's a wizard here and there. Yeah. Um, so I would say if you bring a general passion for people and a bit of a, of a good hand when it comes to communication, you know, addressing your communication based on who you're talking to on different levels, I think that's a good first step. And then uh, we can learn a lot. Because it sounds like it's very much one of those learning and practice 
things as well, not Absolutely. just sit home and study. We're going to talk about books. Absolutely, but yeah. And seven years ago, I was a completely different person than I am today, right? So, yeah. so I learned a lot on on uh, on the way. So I think, um, yeah, everybody can, right? Yeah. So people took a chance on me. So here I am. Here we go. Because <laughs> the next thing, it's funny that you brought it up, was mm -hmm. actually the communication, like how mm -hmm. that works and flows throughout the the company in between the mm -hmm. different teams. Um, but I want to start out just interpersonal communication, mm -hmm. how that, how you approach that in general. Uh, I mean, generally, I mean, I try to be quite optimistic and, and you know, like, like friendly. I think yeah. uh, um, what somebody once said was always assume good intent. I think this is something we have to try doing. There's always frustration along the way in a, in a big company, especially when, you, when you're not in the same room, right? right. Everything can, can get mixed up a little bit while texting, so try to, to do things in person or in a call if, if possible, right? But in general, I approach communication quite openly, right? I mean, I feel we want companies, that means to me, we kind of want the same thing, you know? We want to have this project succeed. So um, for me, or to me personally, I think um, I just approach anyone the same. Yeah. But how does it work in third team communications like how does everything because we have all these people we have all these project management we have everything you've talked mm -hmm. about basically how does everything come together in the end how do you communicate between the various parts to get that end product as you say that everybody mm -hmm. wants in the end <laughs> i'm still figuring that out yeah. <laughs> it is it is a big team right and a big uh, project and a big company so um we're still learning along the way, to be honest, yeah. right? Uh, because while we have our one-on-one -on -one conversations and meetings, and then we have bigger meetings, then we have email communication. There's so much going on. It's quite noisy, right? I mean, yeah. at the moment, you know, the Teams chats, they're like flaring up, you know, or Slack or whatever you use. Um, there's so much going on. I think we're trying to figure this out still. I think a lot of times uh, we funnel a lot of communication through production, through our leads to the team. Um, we set up regular, uh, like, ask me anything Q&A sessions with our director and our producer, which is my lead, basically to, to you know, just be there as, as, I don't know, an open question board of what do you always wanted to ask, what's, what's, you know, bugging you or what are you most curious about. So basically we're trying to be as open, transparent as possible. We have some weekly team meetings for the whole team. Um, and as I said, we're trying to get better with all of these things um, and trying to, to figure it out. I mean, yeah, different teams need different forms of communication, right? And different yep. different frequency as well. And it should be pointed out that we're talking about a triple A huge project. Exactly, yeah. We're working at a company with 700 people exactly. uh, compared to project management, a small indie team or even a smaller studio. Yeah, and so. exactly. And that also across uh, different... Uh, countries and continents, right? When you yep. look into co-development. Yep. So for people who really wants to dig into this, uh, you've brought a whole bunch <laughs> of, of tips and resources. Yes. I usually ask for, should have seen the list Lisa Santa was. Do you have any tips? Do you have any resources? Of course, da, da, of course. Da, 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 da. Yeah, um, I'm happy to. We can look at a couple of them. Um, and uh, needless to say, some of them are, uh, I mean, they're all my books, but some of them are also recommendations from uh, people on the team here or from other companies I worked in. So I, I carried them with me along the years. I think the first one um, is called Agile Game Development with Scrum by, by whom? Clinton Keith. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Uh, this was actually recommended to me back then in university. So I think there are probably different, um, newer versions of it. Uh, but generally, I think if interested in the topic and in uh, game development and production in this case, look into something like this just to get a, get a rough idea, I think, to get you started. 
I think that's good. Uh, I think one of the ones that I keep also recommending to people is Emotional Intelligence 2.0. You can you can read the name from there better than me. Travis Bradbury and Jean Greaves. Exactly. See, we're sharing the workload yeah, here. Yeah, great. Um, so this is one of the ones that was recommended to me back then uh, when I was still a junior at uh, Crytek. I think, uh, again, there's also different books and, and articles out there. Like there's free stuff out there, lots of free stuff, right? So you don't have to necessarily buy a book. Um, but I think that's quite interesting. It helps you to kind of understand yourself, your triggers, social awareness. It helps to grow it, you know? So these kind of things are, are quite important, I find. Um, but again, any of these books and recommendations that are listed take out what's, what's useful for you, right? So not everything is, is maybe for everyone. So um, I would say take the parts that interest you and um, sometimes it's just a second opinion. I mean, the next one I actually, I said, uh, uh, I, I, is, is, is a funny one because I was, this was recommended to me uh, in the show, The Sopranos. I think Tony Soprano <laughs> got this recommended from his uh, um, therapist and I thought, feel the fear and do it anyways by Susan Jeffers sounds interesting. Yeah, so, just don't do what he does. Exactly, basically. definitely not. But uh, this was just, actually this was, I started reading this before I was for the first time moving countries, right? Um, and I looked at all these things and I thought, okay, I've never been in a cinema alone. I've never been on a trip alone. I've never been, you know, having yeah, dinner alone. And uh, this is kind of a book that helps you a little bit, you know, when you're afraid of presentations or whatever, right? It helps you a little bit to get over it and um, get into habits. I don't know, what else could we look at? We could look at Radical Candor, which is about uh, providing feedback, you know, like like being candid, but still in a, in a, in a, in a, in a nice way. Right? Exactly, it's called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. It's something that uh, back then at uh, EA, uh, certain teams were really, really um, focusing on and I think uh, the team that was working with it were very good people managers shout out <laughs> to them they're really cool um, which reminds me there is actually a book called the people manager only exists on Kindle but it's also written by two game developers um, that I work with two very lovely development directors so also worth uh, having a look and a bunch more to be honest I think uh, personally I'm very interested in mindfulness which yeah. can help you to stay focused and calm so I think this is something you can look into uh, the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Leoncini Leon Leoncioni I don't know how do you say this Leoncioni Leoncioni yeah. any Italians in the room correct. yeah so I think this is also an interesting one just 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 to able to understand your team and, and the dynamics bet, uh, between them. I think there, there's a lot here. It's all listed, I think. Uh, Everything will be so in we can the dig into that notes. some more. I'm That's awesome. Putting the stack back together. Yeah, it, it looks great. It looks beautiful, <laughs> it's, right? It's, it's, I think this is the, this is the beautiful chaos here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else is beautiful here? Ooh. We're gonna. I have know what now. you're getting. Yeah, it's getting pizza at. time. Lovely. I hardly dare to eat this. They are too, I do. I, you do, you I totally know do. qualms about it. Just mm -hmm. eat them. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I looked at this one for such a long time now that I want to eat this one. I mean, again, if you're listening to this on, as a podcast, go to YouTube and check them out. They're, they're really, they're really soft. But I already have it on my oh, fingers, my so let's see how we eat this without uh, complete accident. I think I'm just going to have it all over my clothes in two seconds. Okay, let's, Are we doing oh, this? You, you remove everything, okay. Yeah, it wasn't the smartest move, so maybe don't don't copy me. I'm I'm just gonna do like. All right. Okay. One, two, three. All right. It's lemon. Oh, 
problems with having moustaches. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So, lemon with vanilla buttercream. Unfortunately, now, today it's so warm, right? It's so hot outside, so the butter is, is quite soft now, but they're still very delicious. I yeah, recommend I, having, having a bite. Everyone. I thought it was um, marchipan, so I was kind of surprised by how soft this mm -hmm. oh, I'm not I'm just going to get it all over my fingers. Thank you very much for coming. It's been rough. Yeah. I can eat. You finish. Uh, but yeah, thank you. It's been great to have you here. <clears throat> thank you so much. That's <laughs> <laughs> an issue in every episode. Yeah, everybody's so keen to eat those. I know. And oh, that I also know. shows you um, that that I often don't don't watch the eating part. You know? no. <laughs> so like otherwise I would have learned. It's, it's the best part. Oh no. But yes, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much for the invite. And let's enjoy. Thank you so much for joining our Fika today. We put a bunch of useful links in the description, so make sure to check those out if you want to learn more. Also, remember to like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff you do on the internet. Until next time, take care. <laughs>